Welcome to the Ambitious Broker Podcast, where elite real estate professionals share their secrets to success, discuss topics impacting their industry, and gain professional development insights. Enjoy today's episode. You said something that, um, again, from afar, uh, you had mentioned something about time and being more efficient and all that. Yeah. Time's from afar, looking at you, time is always a major part of your thinking, it seems to me. Yeah. Give an example. You don't know this story, uh, but Rod told me this story about you. He says you guys are going to a Mike Ferry um, uh, thing in Palm Springs, and he wanted to go with you and have his wife come down later and meet you. Do you remember that uh, that trip by chance? No. Okay, well, so he says, so he asked if he could ride down with you because he knew you went to Mike Ferry. And and uh, he said, yeah, he goes, I was really looking forward to the ride, you know, a couple hours down to Palm Springs and, you know, a chance to talk to Neil about the business. And he says, we get in the car, Neil turns on a motivational tape, and that's all we listen to the whole time there. <laughs> he goes, every second, Neil's trying to get a little something else squeezed into his brain or, or get something done. So maybe that contributes to my perception. But but time, particularly now, is 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 a really major thing to master, huh? If you're going to be highly productive. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I've I been chided for this and, and perhaps rightfully so. I mean, we all have our little, you know, obsessions or, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, Tom Brady lately for obvious reasons. And, you know, people talk about him because he is kind of maniacal, right? Um, I'm not maniacal anymore, but I was. And, right. and, and I know that. Um Obsessive is 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 a, maybe even a better word, at least for myself, because I simply do not waste time, and I know what time it is all the time. Like I haven't looked at my watch since I walked in here. I guarantee you, I know within five minutes what time it is. No. When I wake up, I wake up every day without an alarm clock. I know exactly what time it is, and I'm not saying that like that's some great thing. It's just how God made me. I mean, I can't really explain it. Right. Um, but when I'm on the phone with somebody, I know how much time we're spending. At all times. And I know when it's time to let them talk and let them, you know, get it out of their system, right. whatever it is. And then when it's time to steer them back. And I think that's a skill. Um, I think it's a skill to have people skills that allow the person that you're meeting with to feel comfortable that you're listening to them, that you care about them, because I do. Uh, that's not just, you know, something right. I say. I do. And at the same time, guide them to where a productive outcome is going to be. Right. Right? Yes. Uh, and it could be another agent. It could be your staff. It could be a client. Uh, it could be your broker. I mean, it could be anybody. And uh, you know, a lot of people get into real estate and they think of it as a sales career and having, you know, probably a thousand agents throughout the years. You know, I bumped into a lot of people who have this aversion to be considered a salesperson. Yeah. And and uh, I think what you just said was interesting because, you know, you said I guided people places. To me, that's always been what the job is. Hell, you should know more than they know. Mm hmm. And you should help guide them to the right decisions. Totally I mean, you, you're the resource. So you totally should, agree. Yeah. And the problem, Roger, in our industry, you talk about the internet, is in many cases we don't know more than they do. 
Like I meet agents all the time. They don't study their marketplace. They don't study the new listings and what's selling and what isn't selling. I mean, I, you know, I've said this from stage. I can't even think of how many times. You have to know your craft better than the person in front of you. If you sit down at a listing appointment at three o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon and the seller to be is telling you about homes that you don't know about, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. How are you going to get the price or for that matter, even a contract signed? You know, and that's coupled with you know, these regional MLSs now has gotten people straying much further from home to do transactions. And when they do that, they know much less about it. You know, to your point, when you started in Saugus, um, uh, when you were able to focus in a local area, you got to know the area real well, real fast. And that gave you a little confidence, I'm assuming. Total confidence. Yeah. And knowledge is confidence. I mean, yeah. that's not unique to real estate. That's true of every business. And, um, you know, I, I can say in my heart of hearts, I don't think anybody knows as much about the Santa Clarita Valley as I do. Right. I don't think they know the builder developers. I don't think they know the floor plans. I don't think they know the agents. And what you just touched on is an interesting thing because the market's tight and we have more people coming into our valley because it's a good place to sell homes than ever before. And we as a local, you know, the agents are a tight knit group out there. We really are. And, and, and you know, every Tuesday my network group will meet. We're all competitors. And yet we share information at a very high level. And one of the things we've been talking about for the last years, we've never seen. So we'll put a new listing. We'll get 20 showings in a weekend. 15 of them will be from agents we've never heard of. And those agents don't have a clue about what they're showing and selling. And, you know, never mind that that's to their client, their buyer's detriment, to be sure. Right. But if that's a new trend, then we just have to, you know, go with the flow. You got to deal with it. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's true. And I, I say to people, what's happened is that if you sit back and you go, how am I going to have value do as a client? Uh, at one point in time, before your last hiree came into business, um, clients would come to you with for that information. Yes. What's the market? What's sold? And mm-hmm. to your point, today they have that. So you take all these things that they they perceive as valuable about you, and you take that away. Now something's got to rise. Something's got to get better. You've got to get. You've got to find a way to be more valuable. It, How it, have you done that? It's the reason why, and I'll answer the question. It's the reason why um, you have seen entire companies that represent buyers spring up as rebate companies. Mm-hmm. They are basically saying there isn't a lot of value There's to no what value. we do. So we're going to give you part of the commission back. That's right. And if you've ever worked with agents from those companies, it's true. They're right. <laughs> they're right. <laughs> they're right. Um, and I, I say that not disparagingly because I, I, I would never disparage another client. Right? But the model is just completely right. uh, you know, geared towards unlocking a door and nothing more. Well, they're, they're, There's no value add at all. There's no, there's no insight. There's no networking uh, with the other agents in the area to find out. Um, how that home compares to others. If the client asks them questions about the home or about others that have sold, they don't know the answers. So, I mean, how do you, you know, we'll tell a buyer as often as not these days not to make an offer on a property. Well, how do you know when that's the right thing to do if you don't know what the heck you're doing? I agree. If you don't know what's on the market, if you don't know what's coming up, if you don't know what the seller's motivation is, if you don't know how that home compares to the others, if you don't know that there's perhaps issues with it, Mm -hmm. right? Because you know your stuff, Right? Then how can you possibly guide a buyer who's going to spend six, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars on a home? I mean, honestly, to me, it's ludicrous. Right. But I come from a you know a, a different. Well, mindset. see, that's where I you know I say to people that that's that's where the value starts today. In other words, I believe an agent's much more valuable uh, when those offers start coming in and how you guide people. 
how you choose to manage multiple offers, totally how you choose uh, to handle counter offers, how you choose to you know help them get value up, and then. The way it is today, as you know, I mean, industry-wide, there's about 17% fallout right now. I mean, your ability to to create things from falling out is good. Your ability to manage, I mean, you, your commission can get ate up in 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 uh, inspection sure, repairs. things to repairs today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your ability to help manage that is where your value starts to kick in. Yeah. So, so let me answer your question because yeah. I'll speak to the point of view of representing a seller. Because when a market's tight, you'll see agents, and in some cases, decent ones, that will reduce their commission to to take the listing. Right. That's their that's their value proposition. Instead of three percent, like Neil Weichel's going to charge you, or perhaps two and a half percent, like Neil Weichel's going to charge, I'll charge you one and a half percent. Now, there is an agent in my valley that is known for whatever the first offer comes in, she's going to encourage her clients to take as long as it's as long as it's in the ballpark. Yeah, and I've said to her, why in the world would you do that unless the client has specifically told you that's what you want? We are in a marketplace where you want to give the marketplace an opportunity to speak to this listing, to see it, to offer on it. And then when you do, you want to make sure you go through the four things that you need to guide your seller on. What's the buyer's motivation? Find out about it. What's their commitment? Have they been looking a long time? Why do they want your home more than the others? And why are they going to close this deal if there's some bumps in the road? Right. Right? Number two, what's the financials? Do you have all the information? Have you talked to the lender? Now, Roger, I don't have the time to do all that, but I have a full-time person who does that. Right. right? So last night, I went through a client who just put her home on the market. There was 11 written offers. And we went through the four things, motivation, financial qualifications, timeframes and contingencies, and obviously the price. We identified the best six. Today, we're writing a multiple count. By the time we're done from soup to nuts, we'll have an eight or nine day marketing plan and we will have a chosen offer and a backup offer. Mm-hmm. That's a value add. When you take the time right. to go through and fully vet out. Now, does it take a lot of time? Yeah. It takes yeah. a lot of time, but guess what? That's what they're hiring you to do. That's what they're paying you for. Yeah. So anyway, that's no, the answer to your question. No, and, I, and I, I'm glad you went that direction because I, I believe today you have a chance to be actually more valuable because of, you know who we deal with today, the, the transactions. I mean, oddly enough today, 70% of all the transactions today are actually being done by people that that are, I mean, I'm sorry, 70% of the people today are doing three or less transactions a year. The problem is that that represents about 60% of all sales now. Mm-hmm. So that means that you have a six or seven out of 10 chance when you're in a transaction to be dealing with someone who doesn't do much business. Yeah, and the experience factor and really understanding what's happening, I mean, just think about, just think about under coronavirus, just how the forms changed and making sure you were protecting yourself and protecting your clients. We were getting peds from agents that weren't even the current peds. Right. You know, I mean, right. that's a liability issue all over the place if somebody gets sick. Right. Right. So you, it really behooves us as professionals. Look, if you're doing three or four or five transactions a year, my advice strongly, join a team. Join a place where you can fit in and, 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 and be motivated and stimulated and, and, and maybe make more money, but be part of something where you're protecting your clients, you're protecting yourself, and you can go to somebody like me and say, hey, Neil, I got this problem with my client, Joe. Yeah. Can I talk to you about it? Right. 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 Don't, don't try to do – oh, boy, I tell you, it's, it's – back, back me up a little bit here, and I would change gears a little bit because I, I want to make sure that the, you know we're, we got you out to lunch, these, these young people, and I want them to hear uh, – uh, did you ever think about not continuing in real estate? 
No. Um, what I thought about is what's the transition out of the business? Out of the other business. Yeah. So I'm 58 and the average, you probably know this because you know your numbers, but the average agent in the United States is 57 years old. Mm -hmm. And what there is, is there's a very clear divide between those that are, let's say, 45 and under and those that are, let's say, 55 and older. Mm -hmm. And the divide is usually based on technology. The 55 and olders have really good product knowledge and really good client skills and a good book of business. The 45s and unders don't have that. Mm -hmm. But they're wicked smart when it comes to technology and, and using it and, 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 and doing that to benefit. So what's the, what's, the, you know, what's the blending there? And I would say to those of us that are, let's just say, in the second half or maybe even the fourth quarter of our career, right. um, that if you're not willing to fully embrace change in technology, which I made a major commitment to, then you probably should, should change your business model and just be very content to maybe do a little less business and, and do it on a very personal level with, right. you know, maybe your best hunter clients or whatever it is and, and just be fine with that. But if you're going to be in the real estate business in 2021, um, you got to do it all because <laughs> that's right. what the client expects. Well, it's funny because people, as you know, I started the computer stuff, you know, in the eighties and, uh, you know, I got asked a lot about, you know, what got you there? And it was very simple. And it was basically, you want to handle more people better. You have to embrace technology. Yeah. You have to do that. But to your point earlier, you know, um, the every year our industry gets a year older. It's 57 now. It's 56 mm -hmm. last year. It was 55 the year before, which is interesting. And I've interviewed a lot of guys that were headed up all the association of realtors around. And I asked them every month when you bring in new people. It's consistent as hell, by the way. I mean, we turn over 15% a year of, of people. They come in, they come out. So that means that right now, uh, half of everybody in the industry is less than five years in the business. Interesting. Okay. So, so when you go and you look at these new faces at orientation, do you see the age demographic change? Because oddly enough, the people under 40, the percentage of people in real estate under 40 is declining. Mm -hmm. And yet they're not declining in terms of showing up at these uh, uh, participating so they're 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 not able to succeed yeah. like they used to be able to succeed which is an interesting thing to your point i think it's kind of why you've seen teams build because they do what you've suggested you know yeah and i think for a lot of people because i get asked by young people all the time as early as 18 years of age you know hey i want to go into real estate and you know my advice is 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 always the same be aware that you know the failure rate is high so put yourself in a position to succeed well how do i do that well you know there's there's a series of pieces of advice i'll, I'll offer you but one of those is to work where you're going to learn the business and you're not dependent on yourself i, I i'm an anomaly Okay, it, it, people these days are not going to have, you know, the competitive spirit most of the time to go out and work the hours I did seven days a week, relentlessly following up on every lead. I mean, if you ex if you had a pulse, I was calling you until you until you either said yes or no to me right. in a very nice way. Right. Hey, Roger, I'm calling to get caught up with what your plans are. I know right. it's been three weeks since we spoke. Are you still thinking about selling in March? I mean, people would hire me simply because I followed up, you know, way more than you're, the competition. You're, you're a symbol of what I used to teach, I think. That was when you're at a door and you, you soften up, you be you. You do your personality. Between that door and the next door, boom, let's get going. Yeah, hustle, hustle, I mean, hustle. You know, I just had I just had goals where I was afraid. You know, I was afraid of of, of not making it. And um, you know, we I know you've talked to Stephanie Vitaco, who's a good, good friend of mine, and she and I have, have you know had some wonderful talks over the years. You know, exactly the same thing. You know, I to this day, as successful as she is or as successful as I am, 
I am afraid that if I don't do my job every day, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Right. And so it's that. It's not a. a I like, feel the same way. Do you? I do. It's a powerful motivator to keep me moving forward because the truth of the matter is, is, is if you take and I know agents do this all the time. They have a good month or a good couple of months, and then they kind of take it easy for a month. Or hey, I got some money in the bank. I've never understood that, right? Because then it takes so long just to get it cranked back. Heck, you don't even know what's happened in the market over the last six weeks while you were taking it easy. Right. It's a stupid thing. You're either in the business or you're not. Well, I've had Chris Williams sit in your seat and, and Stephanie Vitaka sitting in your seat a few weeks ago. And and the thing that's that's always amazed me in talking to people uh, at your level um, is that there's something inherently competitive. Very. Competitive. Bet on that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, I would say to people, what's the one thing that you hope you bring into this business? And that's the desire to compete. Yeah. And so, so now when you're out when you're feeling this sense, I've got to call the next person. If you've got a pulse, I'm calling mm-hmm. you. Is that a sense of competing against uh, another real estate agent? Is, or you feel like you're competing against you? You're, yeah, initially for my first years in the business, it was very much a desire to, uh, you know, to, to, to be the best. And I wasn't, you know, obviously. It took me eight years before I was the number one agent in Santa Clarita. And I have been since. Right. Um, every year. So... That means that once you get to wherever it is you're trying to get, you're not going to accept going backwards either. Right. Um, there was a couple of years there where the REO world, you know, really put me on my on my on my butt um, because I was competing in a way that was completely unfamiliar to me. I, right. I, I didn't have the relationships that some of the agents taking listings in my marketplace did. Right. My traditional client is a regular buyer or seller, not a bank. Right. So then I had to go out and, and solicit the banks, which I did, right. you know, because I was, again, afraid uh, that that was going to be the world I lived in for the next five, seven, 10 years. We didn't know in yeah. 2007. So, um, you know, uh, there was a couple years there where there was agents doing more units than me, but not production. And yeah. I was well aware of it. I mean, I knew exactly where I stood. So that competitive spirit, I mean, you know, if you have it, and it's not, you know, I, I'll say one last thing about this. Um, there's always this idea that you're competing against yourself to be better, that that's the healthy way to do it. And I agree with that. Okay. But I love the idea of competing against other agents. And yeah. sometimes I win and sometimes I lose. But, you know, if there were, if there were like somebody just really blowing the doors off in the Santa Clarita Valley, and there's been a couple recently, that would motivate me. Right. And then I make a decision, hey, at 29 years in on this business, do I still want to go compete against these guys who have the fire in their belly that I had 15 years ago? The answer so far is yes. But maybe the time will come where it wouldn't be, and, you know, that'll be my choice. Right. And that's Stephanie. Stephanie doesn't want to lose it. At anything. Oh no, she Chris. Is. Chris, I, you probably haven't. You probably didn't see the episode of this ambitious broker, but uh, we were socializing one night. And they actually she invited me to come play some game, and um, she hates it when I tell this story. But she said, <laughs> um, she said to me, "I just want you to know that uh, I'm going to cheat." <laughs> She goes, that's, 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 that's how badly that's I have to win, okay. and it's going to be your job to catch me. Well, good for you. You know, if you don't. So, um, so, so uh, when you're starting this, starting from scratch, you're, you're somebody new that's starting the business today. Yeah. And, and in today's world, you knowing what you know today, I'm coming out of training, 
our gable train. I'm walking into that office for the first time, and you know Stephanie and her her uh, session with me was talking about how she sought out people in her office and mm-hmm. and latched onto them and and so forth. So I'm latching onto you today, like I did Dick Friedel in the old days, and and you're going to tell me, Roger. Here's step one. Yeah. Um, so step one is I really think you have to write something that you're going to commit to. Um, you know, Zig Ziglar talks a lot about goals and the importance of them being written down. And, and, and I love, you know, everything that man ever created because it was just so easy to listen to and, and so right. Um, if you're not committed to something, you're not going to do it. This is not an easy business. Right. You know, there's plenty of rejection. There's plenty of people that, you know, if you're representing buyers right now, think about how many homes you have to show just to get a contract accepted. Right. I mean, that's demoralizing. Right. Or worse, today, how many offers do you have to write on properties that, that's to it. get one accepted? Well, this is what I'm saying. And so so you've got to really get with yourself before you go into battle, right? Before you enter the industry and, and before you go out and say, here's, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I think you have to have a really clear idea of what your goals are. And they could be monetary, like I want to make X, and then you break it down. Okay, if I make if I make a hundred thousand dollars, I have to do this many transactions. Where am I going to get those transactions from? And look at all the different sources. Okay, in 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 my day, right? That makes me sound old. Yeah. In my day, though, when I started going door to door, was no big deal, right? Now, people still go door-to-door, but it's a little different in a COVID world. Mm-hmm. How many people are going to answer their door to talk to you with a mask over your face? Right. The answer is probably not too many, right? Right. You're not even supposed to drop things at people's doorsteps the, the way I used to if somebody didn't answer their door. But you don't want, you don't want to forget the, the, the fundamental concept here. It's like you were at the door knocking on doors or calling people, but the concept is meet someone, get them to know you. Well, this is, so this is my transition. My transition is since, since that may not be what you're going to do today, how do you communicate with people about what's happening in their area? See, the problem we have as real estate agents is we don't think in terms of the client. In all aspects of this business, we think in terms of ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's a real problem. Okay. I see it every day. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking in terms of, let's say that you work in Northridge, right? There's so much happening here in the real estate world. There's all kinds of ways that you could tap into it. Maybe you notice that there's a lot of people that have rental property. How do you get in touch with those people and tell them what's happening and talk to them about Proposition 19 or whatever it may be that they need to now know about so they'll sell their rental property with you? I mean, honestly, it's embarrassing how many ways there are to generate business in our in our business, and yet people either aren't willing to do them, don't think about them, don't ask people, hey, how could I do this? I mean, for me, I would go after sellers because, you know, when you have a listing, you, it's a you, core you, business. you have it. Yeah, it's the key to everything. Right. Uh, and if you really want buyers, the best way to get a buyer is to have a listing, right? These days. Yeah. So figure it out. All right, I'm going to make a hundred grand. That means I have to sell 10 houses. Where am I going to find 10 sellers? What are the lead sources that I can use? Right? What's the technology I can use? Mm-hmm. How can I communicate with these people about stuff that they might be interested in? Would it be just listed, just sold calls? Could be. I mean, I would make just listed, just sold calls, frankly, if I was starting in the business. Yeah. Hey, you know, Roger, our company just listed the home around the corner from you over on Aspen Way. You're not going to believe this. We got it sold for 750000 Did right. you know that? Or just, or in today's world, calling on all your offers lost. I have a buyer who wanted to buy your house, or born to buy this house, and they, they were seven offers they'd lost. Would you like to talk to them? You know, uh, 
So you, every you market, understand this? You yeah. think in terms of where is there an opportunity, right? Right. And the answer is there's all kinds of opportunity. Home prices have never been higher than they are today. That in and of itself, right, is 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 something to talk to people. Get about. excited about. And the, well, the client gets excited about it. Right. They'll talk to you. Back in the day, interest rates. Could be. Yeah. Hey, okay, you, you've been here 14 years. You're going to stay here another 10. Great. But let me just ask you before I go, I mean, are you under 3% on your interest rate? Maybe you could save a couple bucks. I'll have a great lender give you a call. Right. I remember back in the 90s, all the time, a lot of it was short sales and stuff like that. And people would, would ask me you know, questions that didn't have anything to do with buying or selling. Oh, you know, Neil, I, 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 I really appreciate you taking the time to help me on this. I, I know we're not ready to buy or sell yet. You know, those people never forgot my name. Oh, this guy helped me back like five years ago. You should call Neil. Right. I mean, I get calls like that all the time. Oh, I had a call last two weeks ago. You sold my house in 1992. I never forgot how right. much you took care of me. You know, I, I, I tell people a lot that, you know, it's one thing to say I want a career out of business. It's another thing to say I'm into the business to make some sales. And that one is that commitment that you talk about. The second thing is, is understanding that, that you're going to want to deal five years from now as badly as you do today. Or when you're, if you plan on being here. Mm-hmm. And then it, those who approach it that way, like you have done, you really start to see the value of the little things you did two years ago or three years ago. All, all the back. time. Yeah. People call me all the time today and say, I got your name from somebody or I know you took care of my son or my daughter or my friend or my neighbor or whatever. And and that is, you know, yes, this is a sales business and you need to have sales skills and you should work on your skills and skills are everything. You would never hear me say anything other than that. But we're also very much in the service business. And when you take care of people, when you simply help them, right? That's it. Just help them in an industry you know very well, but they know nothing about, right? Right. I mean, they know how to get information, but they don't know how things work. Help them understand how it works. You know, Roger, this might not be the best time for you to sell this house. And here's why. Right. Right. Tell them that if that's the right thing. Right. They'll, they'll, they'll know it. They and know it will come back. It'll be, it'll be every back. Time. Every, every time. Yeah. The seeds you plant, and again, it's cliche, but it's true. The seeds you plant always grow when you take care of people. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Ambitious Broker Podcast, where elite real estate professionals share their secrets to success, discuss topics impacting their industry, and gain professional development insights. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please rate it and leave a review.